Welcome to the Faith Renewed Podcast. I'm Pastor Terry Rogers, and I want to thank you for listening to this message. If you want to learn more about Faith Renewed, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. So good to see you today. I'm glad you're here. Once you get those communion elements, just hang on to those. We're going to be receiving that in just a few moments, so you don't have to uh, yet uh, prepare for that. Uh, you can if you like, but just um, we'll be doing that in just a few moments. If you join us at home, if you want to go and just grab some elements so you can receive communion with us, uh, we'd love to have you do that. But I'm just glad you're here today. It's a beautiful day. Uh, the wind is not 50 to 60 miles an hour today. Praise the Lord. Amen. So I think we made a good decision to celebrate today and have a good time. So I hope you can come back after uh, our second service this, this afternoon and join us for a time of fellowship. It's going to be a good time. And if you're here today for the very first time, we just want to tell you we're glad you're here. So Faith in New Church, would you let our first-time guests know you love them? So glad they're here. Amen. Well, I want to jump right in. Don't want to take long today. I know it's a big, busy day. Lots happening. But it's just a good time to be together. Amen. Well, let's do this. Grab your Bible. And again, we'll receive those elements in just a few moments. But uh, grab your Bible, if you would. Go with me to Luke chapter 22. Luke, I am your father. I just always feel I have to say that every time I read the, from the book of Luke. I don't know why I do that. Uh, but Luke chapter 22, if you use the Version Bible app, great time to go to there. If you, if you want to use that, if you don't have your pages with you, um, you can turn there. Go to More Than Events right there on the Version app. And um, I want to read a prayer today that Jesus prays. Yeah, so we're going to talk about that this morning. So it says in verse 39, if you have it, say, I have it. Amen. We were in quick today. And it says this. It says, coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives as he was, as uh, he was accustomed. And his disciples also followed him. When he came to the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, not, so not too far away. And he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father... If it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. When he rose up from prayer and had come to his disciples, he found them praying that they would not fall into temptation. No, he did not. They, he found them sleeping from sorrow. Man, come on. Ain't that just like us sometimes? Then he said to them, why do you sleep? Rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. Let's pray. And uh, we're going to just talk for a few moments. Again, try to be short this morning. But God, we love you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for your presence in this place. Thank you for what your presence brings. It's joy, hope, life. It brings salvation. So, Lord, today, God, save, deliver, heal, and set free in this room. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Turn around and tell your neighbor, say, I'm glad you're here today. One more time. Tell them that. Come on, amen. I really am. I'm glad you're here today. Glad you're tuned in today online. Today, if you don't know, it's Palm Sunday. Uh, Palm Sunday. Uh, 
Man, a powerful time. Um, if you look back over history, it's the first day of Holy Week. Um, you know, it's a time where Jesus would enter into Jerusalem, actually riding on a donkey, and it was to cheers and applause. Wow, come on, man. He, he uh, again, coming in. I think it was interesting because in Eastern tradition, uh, you know, if, if a king was coming in, he would come in typically on a horse signifying that he was there to declare war and to take over. But he's coming in on a donkey signifying a place of peace because how many knows the Prince of Peace was coming into town? Amen. And he give peace to your situation this morning. But in Revelation 19... It says this, it says that he will come, there will be a king, he's going to come in on a white horse then, and in that moment he's going to wage war, it will be a quick finish, it'll be a quick victory, and how many knows, man, I'm looking forward to that day. Your pastor's excited about Revelation 19. Man, I love it, I'm, I'm so excited about that. But today I want, I want to think about something, because on this day, on Palm Sunday, they were saying to him, Hosanna. Hosanna, shout now, waving palm branches. And they were saying this, they were saying like, save now. That's what they were saying, like, save us now. And that has to be, again, our cry for salvation still today because how many know salvation only comes through Jesus? Amen. There is no other way. And so, again, I love Palm Sunday. I'm not preaching about Palm Sunday today. We're talking about something else, but I do love that. Um, And I love, like, what happens, like, what we're going to be celebrating next week on Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. Come on, amen. Anybody excited about Resurrection Sunday? I love it. I'm excited about it. But in between, there's a holy week, and um, a lot of times we don't uh, really, I guess for the most part, a lot of times churches don't do this unless it's a part of their, for lack of a better word, that's like their ceremony or their traditional thing that they do in taking in and participating maybe in holy week and what happens in each of those days. I feel like it gets lost what happens in between the palm branches being waved and Jesus resurrected him from a grave. I think a lot gets lost in between there. So I encourage you like, to take time to make sure you read and know what happened in that. And I, and I do want to talk about that today because the applause didn't last long. The cheers that were, I mean, just echoing and just I mean, the sound that had to be made as Jesus was triumphing and coming into town. became silent. And a lot happened because, again, a lot happened in these seven days between the cheers and, again, the ultimate cheers of resurrection. And I want to talk about it today. And, um, again, we don't have time to, like, really dig in super deep, but there are some things that I want us to kind of, I guess, zero in on today. And and what we see this is one of the things that happens is that Jesus gets with his disciples after, again, he's this triumphant entry. He gets with his disciples, and they're going to receive Passover together. They're going to receive the Passover meal, where they take time together, again, which was a tradition, which was done every year, where they would take time and, again, remember that a sacrifice had to be made for sin and that there had to be a blood offering given, again, so that the death angel would pass by and so that they could have life. And Jesus was doing something in this moment. He gets up and he was signifying that I'm about to be your Passover lamb. I'm about to shed my blood. 
And, and the Bible says without it, there's no forgiveness of sins. And so it, it brings us to a place. And so I, I do want us to do this, and it's a different time. You know, we do this at different times, and our communion elements are always available for those who want to receive this. You know, it may be in every service as you gather to worship. But I do want us to do it corporately today. So if you like, you can go ahead and, and peel off the top layer of your communion element cup. And, and I, I want you today to hold in, in, that, in your hand that, that wafer signifying this, this body that was broken for us. And again, at this time when they would receive this communion and when they, when they would receive this like Passover actually meal, this was signifying again the sacrifice that had been given. And I want us to look at, I'm going to read from Luke 22 today, again, since we're already in that chapter. And I'll, if, if, again, it's going to bring us a few verses up from our main text today. But in verse 14, it says that when the hour had come, he sat down and the 12 apostles with him. Then he said to them, in red letters, he says, with fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it's fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it amongst yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Verse 19 says, He took the bread, he gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. I want you to just take that wafer, just signifying what, what Christ did in being broken for us, and just break it into pieces and the best that you can hang on to that. And then do this. Just take it today in remembrance of what Christ did for you. Take a moment once you do that to just thank him. And this is, again, is something that he established for us to remember. Lord, may we never forget the sacrifice that was made. May we not ever take for granted what you went through for us. A body that was broken, it was mutilated, it was, it was beaten, it was whipped for us. Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, we thank you for being our Passover lamb, Lord. We thank you for being our sacrifice, Lord. We thank you for that today. Verse 20 says that likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this is the cup. This cup is the new covenant of my blood, which is shed for you. And I want you today, you can pull off that next layer and just, again, holding your hand for one moment. And just to juice representing this blood that was shed for us. And I want you to think for a moment. I hope that this has become personal for you. I hope the, the communion, I hope the remembrance, I hope the sacrifice has become personal for you. Because, listen, Scripture says this, that he, he died for the world. He died for all. He died for sin. But we have to place faith in that. We have to place trust in that, our confidence and hope into what Christ did for us. And I want you to think about this morning, as you hold that in your hand, that this blood was shed for you. It was shed for you. Yeah, for your neighbor, and yes, for the whole world. Yes, for, for, for people in all the places right now who are gathered to worship, but it was shed for you. So, Father, I thank you today for this blood that was shed for us. I thank you for what you did for us, Lord. And I thank you for what it brings. And I want you today, as you receive this right now, to receive this today, remembering
what Christ did for you. You can receive it at this time. You can set that aside for now and we'll pick those up in just a few moments. But God, we thank you for being our Passover lamb. We thank you for your blood that was shed, Lord. Lord, we thank you for what took place after that. We thank you for that you actually, Lord, fulfilled what you spoke in that moment. That you did become that for us. That you did die in our place for our sin. Lord, we thank you for that this morning. In Jesus' name. Oh, man, thank you for allowing us to take a time to do that. But I want us to kind of, again, zero in on what happens here because, again, I think it over, gets overlooked so often in the busyness of this week and the excitement of next week. But as the events continue to unfold, after he receives this, this communion, after he receives the Passover meal with his disciples, uh, it was after that moment that some of his disciples began to argue about, like, which one was the greatest. I mean, do... Does that, I mean, honestly, I mean, I'm serious when I say this. Like, do you want to just like say, come on, guys? He just got up and talked about, man, that he's about to become this sacrifice. And you're making this about you. May we learn from that. Amen. May we remember that also because, again, and I love this, that, that Jesus, he knew they would do it. He still washed their feet. He knew Judas would betray him and still washed his feet. You don't matter how can I serve you, I'm here to serve. That's Jesus. And, uh, and so he saw this and he knew this. Like after, after this conversation about who's the greatest, he looks at Peter and lets Peter know that you're going to deny me. Whew, wow. He knew all these things, and, and then he does this. The scripture says that they prepare for this trip to Gethsemane, and he comes, and this is where we find ourselves today, and this is where this prayer happens. And they come together, and they gather in this moment, and Jesus is about to face the hardest thing in his entire existence on this earth as a physical person. And He does some things, and... It just amazes me about Jesus. Like he just, in that moment of, again, getting ready to just surrender and give his whole life, knowing that in just a few moments after this prayer that there's going to be soldiers that come and arrest him, that they're going to take him, place him on trial. He's going to be innocent but be found guilty. The gospel is like us guilty but he finds us innocent. That's wild to me. That still wrecks my mind. I'll never get past the gospel because, and I'll get, never get past what Jesus does because Jesus does this. Like all this stuff's happening and he looks at his disciples and says like, hey, pray that you don't fall into temptation. It's amazing because like he sees this and we have seen this in the, this series called When You Pray. There have been models of prayer that we've been looking at and you would see Jesus in, in the Lord's Prayer even teach his disciples like when he taught them to pray. Pray, lead us not into temptation. He reminded them then and then he comes to this place where he's getting ready to die and give his life and he reminds them again, pray that you don't fall into temptation. 
Word temptation is, is, is a word, man, it's heavy because this is, again, straight from the strong, straight from the definition of this word. An experiment, attempt, a trial, a proving, a trial of a man's fidelity, integrity, virtue, constancy. It's an enticement to sin. A temptation, whether arising from the desires or from the outward circumstances. It's an internal temptation to sin. Of the temptation by which the devil sought to divert Jesus, the Messiah, from his divine errand. There's also an attempt to misdirect you from your divine purpose. The condition of things or a mental state by which we are enticed to sin or to elapse from the faith and the holiness. I mean, this temptation is just as real today as it was then. It's just as real. Like, it's just as heavy today as it was in. And there's so many ways, again, that there are temptations coming in. And, it's, and it reveals itself in so many different ways. And, and it's why Jesus, again, getting ready to die, says, I want you to pray so that you don't fall into temptation. Because I need you. Just, I mean, do you understand this? Like, he needs us. He wants us to fulfill a purpose and a plan. He's going to do his, and he's like, man, I want you to pray that you don't fall into temptation because I'm going to need you to do yours. Now, what does he pray? Now, this is, there's a, yeah, so much from these prayers. Again, we see that, that again, from Scripture, that Jesus is, again, praying. There's several. We may look at another one that God's kind of, you know, has on my heart right now that I've been praying about that we may also study. But this one, again, falling right here on this week, leading up to Resurrection Sunday, he prays in the hardest moment of his physical existence. There's some things we can see from this that I think are beautiful that, that he does. And I just want to give you three this morning. This is something we can see that how I support it. Number one is we need to pray often. Like we need to like pray often. Like this is something we can learn from Jesus. Like in the hardest time or hardest moment of his life, like man, you get you don't pull back from this. Like if there's a, there's a pull that he's trying to pull us in because Luke twenty two again verse thirty nine it says coming out he went to the Mount of Olives as he was accustomed. NLT New Living Translation says as usual. The Message Bible there says like says he so often did. Now, this is what I take away from that. Like, if Jesus prayed often, I need to pray all the time. Come on, amen. Are you serious? Like, if, if, if Jesus, the Savior of the world, God in flesh, come as, as again to lay down his life, if Jesus prayed often, bro, I need to be praying a whole lot. I know some of y'all are more holier than Jesus, and you're good on Sunday morning, 9 a.m., and everything else, that's all you need. I need to be praying like, oh, I'm just me. No, we can take from this. And this is, this is real because he prayed often. Jesus. And I just, I don't know, I don't, I don't ever believe for one moment that I'm going to be able to accomplish the, the, the mission God has for me to do without prayer also. Do you understand that? Because again, the, 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 what he has for you, what he's called you to do, like he, and that's what I'm saying, like, don't fall into the temptation. Don't fall into the pull. Don't fall into the pull of status. 
Don't fall into the pull of finance. Don't pull into the, the, the pull of all these different things that draw your attention. Temptation, again, can come in so many different ways. And so, again, there's so many levels of that. But Jesus prayed often, and I need to pray all the time. And, and again, this is beautiful about Jesus. In the most hardest, most difficult time in his life, he does something. And it's important because this is huge. He does something. He goes to a place of solitude. Now, this is, this is heavy because I was thinking about this, and I was like, man, preparing this week about the difference of what he does here. There is a vast, huge difference between solitude and isolation. Please understand this. It is, it is enormous. Like The chasm between those two things are so different. Like solitude is where Jesus found a place, and he's going to go get by himself, but he is going to do it this way. He's going to do it by himself and pray, but he's never at any moment isolating himself from everyone else. This is a trip because, man, in this, we see it here, he kept his friends close. The scripture says that they were a stone's throw away. I don't know how far you can throw a stone. Some of y'all got better arms than others. Amen. I feel like a girl sometimes. It's not good. I mean, it's just it's not real pretty. I just don't. I don't have that. I mean, you know, I catch and run. All right. Can't throw well. But throw. <laughs> Some of y'all girls probably throw better than me. But this is a true statement. He got in a place of solitude but he made sure he kept them close. Matter of fact, we actually see. You, you read these, these gospels and you see that he like goes back. He takes some time to go back checking on them. Kind of like getting in the game. And, and of course, what were they doing? Sleeping. And uh, I mean, like he, he, he keeps them close. And, and so like he understands, he realizes this. And, and this is so important. Like, man, as you get in a place of solitude, as you get into a place of, man, where you go after God, you don't allow that to become a place of isolation in your life. Because one of the things that the enemy would love to do is isolate you. And matter of fact, I've watched this happen. Isolation comes in stages. I'm, I promise you, isolation comes in stages. Like he, he, he'll never do this. He'll never go ahead and let you know what the end result's going to be. He doesn't let you know, like if you start down this path where you're going to end up, all he wants you to do is pull back. Like some of you this morning, like he, he would tell you things, say things to you like, you really don't even need to go to church this morning. Just watch it online. I love my online family. Y'all are awesome. And uh, I think you guys are amazing. I wish you were here. Some of you can't do it, but this is what he will do to us. He will do it like this. He'll say, man, all you can do, you can pull back from this service or this event, and it's no big deal. He doesn't tell, he tell you what's going to happen in the end. And he'll do it in stages. And then he'll do this, like, man, just start watching online. You don't need that fellowship anyway. He will. And he'll tell you that. And then he'll say this. Well, they record their services. It's on Spotify. It's on YouTube. You don't even have to watch it live. You sleep in. Oh, y'all quiet if in church. Y'all, you're here. You're like, you're here. You should be like saying amen. I, this is he talking to me right now. Y'all should be bagging me up. Where you at? Come on. Thank you. But what he will do is just, they record it, sleep in, watch it later. 
You know what he's going to do? Maybe later, never happen. He doesn't, again, he didn't tell you all that. And then he doesn't tell you, I mean, he's going to separate you from the word, separate you from fellowship, get you to a place where you open yourself up to some stuff. It's no big deal. And then you find yourself in a place of isolation somewhere down the line. He didn't tell us that. So Jesus warns of those things. He says, don't let temptation come. And again, it comes in so many different ways. And he says, this is the way you avoid it, by praying like often. Secondly, he, he, this is what this, I, I learned from this. I think this gets overlooked in this, this passage. He prayed in faith. That's, that's, this is cool because right here we see a picture of Jesus praying in faith. Now, uh, the other gospels, this is real cool, man. Like this story, like Jesus going to this garden often, him getting arrested there, all the things that unfold, it's in every gospel. Now, this is a trip. Some people I've actually have had conversations. People say, man, don't the gospels contradict one another? I'm like, no, the gospels com- complement each other and they complete each other. And you can get a full picture of all that happens when you put those gospels together. It's amazing. Like, if there was an incident that happened and people began to share what they saw, they were witnesses to of those things. This person is going to recognize some things that this person didn't see. So I love all the Gospels. I encourage you to do that. But in, when this is recorded in Mark's Gospel in chapter 14, in verse 36, this is also part of his prayer. He said, Jesus said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. All things are possible for you. Take this cup away, nevertheless, not that I will, but what you will. Now, if you don't know, Luke was a physician, and Dr. Luke actually records the place in which Jesus was at in his emotions and his physical body, the, the, the care that he had for others, and also the, the heaviness in which he was also had upon him because it's, it records, and we've read this, that it says as he was there that his sweat became as great drops of blood. I don't know. Again, this is maybe the physician picked up on that. Maybe he recognized that there's something else going on. And I know they wasn't this far advanced and had names for all this stuff. But there is actually a medical condition, if you're not aware. It's called hematidrosis, where actually, like, again, was someone who was under so much pressure, so much stress, that, man, it affects even their physical body. And that's, you do know that this is why the Prince of Peace came. That's why I came, because, man, the stress and the pressures and all that comes, it will affect even your physical body. So Jesus, like, took it all. You realize how important this garden is now? Like, he took, he took it all, like, and it says, like, his body became, as, and his sweat became as great drops of blood. We also rec- recorded it here that he said as he was exceedingly sorrowful. But in that place, he still prayed in faith. <laughs> and, and this is, man, this is, this is heavy. Well, in that place, he's still saying, my God, you can do all things. But he would not let his emotional state keep him from the Father's purpose. So not only did he do this, did he pray often, and when he came to that place of prayer, 
Like he prayed in faith. And I, I'm telling you, I, I want you when you pray to always pray like the, the way Jesus prayed. God, you can do all things. Like nothing you can't do. There's not like one thing, God, you, you can save, I mean, I, my spouse. The test is if everybody's going to say amen. All right, all right. Just, no, like you can even save them. No, but I'm, I'm, I'm serious also. You can save my family. And you got to know this about, about family, man. You live with them. You see them. You know, man, what goes on, how messed up they could be. But you have to just like pray in a place of faith like, man, all things are possible. For you, I, I God, when I pray, I just want to say, Lord, I know you can do it. I trust you for it. Everything's possible with you, God. And this is how Jesus prayed to the Father. But he also did something. Again, and I, 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 this is important, and it's, it's number three today. You have to do this when you pray in faith. You have to trust his answer. You, you have to come to the place where you trust his answer because he said, your will be done, not, not my will be done. And I want you to think about, again, this is not like a consolation prize prayer. Like it's not a, like, if you can't do this, then I'll settle for this. Do you understand what this is happening in this prayer? This is not a like, I, I, yeah, you can do it, but it, no, this is not a consolation prize. Jesus knows you can do anything, Father. But ultimately, I trust your answer. You know what that's saying? You know better than I know. You know better than me. And so maybe like if you're finding yourself, maybe in a season of life, because this is where we find Jesus. Living right. He's Jesus. One bigger than us, without any sin. Filled with the Spirit. We saw that story. Praying in faith to the Father. And the answer is no. hard it's one of this series is like really important because we can see so many elements of prayer and you got somebody and like I don't know if you've ever felt like, like you've been in that moment kind of living pretty good like not sin free trying to live right Jesus Filled with the Spirit, man. That church is crazy. I didn't have a choice. Like, I didn't, well, I wasn't even sure about this thing, but they're so radical going after the Holy Spirit so much. I didn't have a choice. The Holy Spirit filled me too. Like, it was amazing, though, God. I love it. I know you can do all things, but your will. What is that prayer? How does that even make sense in that moment? Because we can trust the Father's answer.
when we can't see it, he already knows. He already sees. And like, this is why this is important because the Father knew. Whether we, again, whether, I don't know what your theology is, but God comes to earth, dies in our place for our sin, takes upon my shame, my sin, gives his life, resurrects, sins to heaven is going to come again. But when Jesus was here on this planet, he was fully God, but he was also fully man. And he knew enough to do this. God, I trust you. Your way is better. I know your way is better because Hebrews records it like this in chapter 12, verse 2. And this is a cry for, that we need to have in our hearts today, that we are to look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And you have to in this moment, in that time where Jesus was at, like, man, carrying all this weight, like, physically to be under so much pressure. He was like, let this cup pass from me. And if you don't know what that cup, he's referring to the cup of wrath. This is heavy. Like, and you need to see how important this is. Like, this is the cup of wrath like, like that, that Jesus takes on for us. Like, he, the cup of, like, again, our sin. This is like this cup that we just received is recognizing and remembering that Christ took the cup of wrath for us. And he says it like this, like, man, for the joy that was set before him. And this is why we trust God for the answer. And I don't, we're not trying to put ourselves in a place of Jesus and always make ourselves like Jesus in the story because we're not. But there's some things we can learn. And he prayed in faith, prayed often, and he trusted God for the answer because for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. I was, I was just saying, God, what is the joy? What is the joy that was set before you? What's the joy that can come from all this? What is the joy that, that again, you have to go through all these days? And I just like the joy just put in my heart was this. The joy was seeing you put your faith in him. And having the promise of eternity. That's the joy. Like seeing us, his body, the ones that he gave his life for, come to faith in him. And surrender our lives to him. Like, this is what he's saying. It's just worth it. And I want you, if you would, to stand with me, please. And, oh, man. And this word Gethsemane means oil press or olive press. There's still an olive garden there to this day where this was happening. But there was a pressing that took place that Jesus went through. And he did it for the joy that was set before him. What's the joy today on April 2nd, 2023? What joy comes from him dying on the cross? The joy is this, you knowing him more. You knowing him in a more real way. 
If it's today, first of all, just surrendering your life in salvation, getting settled, man, that you're in a right relationship with Jesus, and you have a, you have a promise of heaven awaiting you one day. Man, I really feel like Jesus said, yeah, it was worth that. It was hard, but you're worth it. I'm just going to ask his bad eyes are closed just for a moment. It's just, I just, again, I just feel and believe that, man, the Holy Spirit is working and that all things are possible today in this room. And, Lord, we just thank you right now. We've been talking about serving around here and, man, ways we can serve one another, ways we can serve the Lord. But in Mark chapter 10, verse 45, Jesus said this. He said, for even the Son of Man do not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. He can wear the shirt today. And he can say, like, I'm here to serve. And he did that for you. He did that for you, every person in this room. And I want this for you. God wants this for you. He wants us so much again and he gets us on a cross. Gives us life. He wants the joy to come and seeing you say yes to him. So I want to, just as heads are about eyes are closed, and listen, if that's your heart this morning, and if you want to say yes to Jesus, if you, if you need today to get forever settled the, the, the issue in your life, Lamb, that, that you want to be fully known by God, you want to fully know him, you want to receive the grace, you want to receive the salvation today that's available for you, I want you to do this right now, just right where you're standing. Would you just lift up your hand and say, man, I, I, I want to know Jesus. I want to know him fully. I want to surrender my life. God bless you. Listen, who else? Yeah, God bless you. Like, I want to know today. I want to know today. <laughs> oh, man, I'm just telling you, man, just Holy Spirit's going to work right now. Who else? Just say, I want to know today. Yeah, who else? Like, man, I want to get this settled. <laughs> Come on, I want to get this saddle today. Yeah, God bless you. Who else? Praise God. Just want to pray over you right now. Just right where you're standing. His hands are raised. Just say, God, I come to you. Yeah, I come to you, Lord. Lord, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for what he did. I believe you did it for me. I believe you did it for me. Yeah, I believe you did it for me. Yeah, I just confess my, uh, my life to you. I confess my sins to you. I confess that I need you. And I want to get salvation settled today. And I want to bring joy to you today, Father. And surrendering my life to you. I put my faith in you now. I put my trust in you now. I believe today that Jesus is Lord of my life. I believe he's alive today. I believe he's coming again. And I receive you now as my Savior and my Lord. In Jesus' holy name. In Jesus' holy name. 
Oh man, I, I just want—I want to take this a step further this morning. Just, we just can, as we just want to pray, we just want to celebrate, and we want to celebrate with heaven. We want to celebrate with you this morning. And if you lifted up your hand, if you were just saying, "Yeah, I want to," I want to say yes to Jesus. I want to follow you. I want to give my life totally, fully, and completely to you. I want you just to do something right now. Just—I want you to take one more step. I want you just to step out from where you're at. And I just want to invite you to come. And as you come, listen, you're not going to be by yourself. There were many hands went up this morning. There were several that said, yeah, I want, I want to say yes to Jesus. If that's you, listen, I, if you're like, man, serious about it, I want to follow Jesus. We want to celebrate with heaven right now. We want to celebrate with you. So if you lifted up your hand, I just want you to step out. And as you come right now, I want this church to begin to put their hands together and celebrate with heaven right now. Yeah, celebrate with heaven. God bless you. Come. Don't wait. Come on. Come. Yeah, come. Just who else? Come. Come on. Come. Come on, God bless you. Come on, come. I want some men of God to come with them. Come on, I want some women of God to come. Don't wait. Come on, guys. Come on, prayer team. Come on, men of God. Gather around these guys right now. Come on, we're going to celebrate with heaven right now. The Holy Spirit's at work. These are some leaders of homes right now. These are some fathers and leaders of families. Come on, future fathers and mothers right now. Who else will say, God, yeah, I want to surrender everything to you, Jesus. Come on, for the joy that was set before me, endured this for you. Come on, he endured this for you. I mean, he did this for you today. Who else would just come and say, I want to celebrate right now what God's doing in my life. Come on, who else? I want the worship team to just minister a song. We're just going to pray and celebrate with you guys. I want some people who just love Jesus to pray a prayer blessing over them. I want people to just celebrate with them, celebrate with these guys. And if there's any others, come on, just say, man, I want to, I want to come forward. I want to say yes to Jesus. I want the world to know it. Yeah, anyone else, come. Now listen, as the worship team sings and as they minister right now, listen, if you need prayer for any reason, come on, anything that you need prayer for in your life, Again, Jesus prayed often. And I don't want you to say, I've already prayed about that. I'm good. No, I want you to pray about it again. So if you need prayer for any reason in your life, as we celebrate with these who have come forward, we want to pray with you this morning. If there may be this, some areas like, man, I need to surrender to God's will. I'm trying to do it my way. That's you. Come. So as a minister, as a worship team minister, just come today. And as we go before him, let's celebrate what God's doing in this room. Amen. Come on, we celebrate it today. In Jesus' holy name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you again for listening to this message. We hope it's been a source of encouragement for you today. If you need prayer or a lot to support this ministry through giving, stop by faithrenewed.org.